Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Matthew 26, 36 through 75. How can you be spiritually victorious in the hour of testing, when temptation feels the greatest, what are the steps to victory in those moments? Because here's the thing, everyone listening today, we've all known failure in those moments. What does victory look like? And today we're going to see an answer to that question, but more than just totally reducing it to a how-to, we will really see again the hero of the story, the one who did something different. And because of that, victory is possible for me and you. And today we're seeing this in Matthew 26, 36 through 75. Now, what we ended with, and we're cutting it off here in the middle of uh, chapter 26 and picking it up again, we ended with uh, Peter's profuse denial that he would deny Jesus Christ. We ended with uh, Jesus or with Peter saying, I will never fall away. But by the end of our passage today, we're going to see Peter weeping bitterly because guess what? He denied Christ three times, just like Jesus said he would. And we're going to see his uh, really self-confidence contrasted with what we're going to see in Jesus. And we'll see this mainly in Jesus's prayer that we, uh, in his time of prayer in the garden of Gethsemane that we start in verse 36. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as, my, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand. The son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And so one of the always principles I think we're going to see from this specific moment with Jesus here is that submission of the will and prayerful dependence are keys to spiritual victory. And first and foremost, before we consider how your life should seek to follow that pattern, I want us just to observe our Savior because it was because of His submission of His will to the will of the Father and His prayerful dependence that you can be saved. It was His perfection It's his righteousness that is credited to you. And even, I want us to notice the power of that. We 
believe that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. But we also believe that he was a real man. Because he was God in the flesh, it wasn't, well, you know, he's he's not a real man. No, he was really human. And as we think through that, one of the questions that come up is, well, could Jesus have sinned? And I lean more towards, well, no, because he is God. But we start to think, well, because Jesus couldn't sin, that's why he didn't sin. And that, I think, is stretching it too far. Jesus did not sin because he lived the perfect human life because he showed submission of the will and prayerful dependence when all of us have failed. He did it right. It wasn't, well, this temptation's really great, but I'm God, so I'll pass the test. Uh, and it's not actually going to involve any real temptation. No, look at him in the garden. Look, look at the distress of his soul and see him prayerfully depending on God and submitting his will to him. So first and foremost, this should be a point of worship for us uh, as we praise Jesus, our savior, the the man, Christ Jesus, uh, and his perfect obedience to the father that opens the door for you and I to be saved. We, We need to worship Christ for that. But as we consider, well, the Christian life, we are called to be like Christ. Uh, And we see the contrast with Peter. I do think we see some things that we can learn and we can apply to our own lives. Uh, That when we are in moments of temptation, we need to submit our will to the Father and we need to prayerfully depend on Him. And that's where, I mean, if if you look at this and you say, okay, we got Peter and we got Jesus. And they're both about to, you know, basically endure a hard situation and temptation. Who's more likely to pass that test? I think every one of us is going to say, "Uh, I'm going with Jesus on that one. I'm trusting Jesus to pass the test. Okay. Well, now look at the garden. Who is passionately praying and who is sleeping? See, that doesn't fit. You'd almost say, well, shouldn't Jesus, because he's God, be sleeping in the garden knowing, well, God's got this and I'm God. So, you know, I'm not going to fail this test, Uh, but there he is passionately praying and depending on God. And so I want to encourage you to think through the temptations you may be facing, the hard situations, and even just view a lot of temptation really through this mindset that one of the biggest challenges of sanctification is submitting our will to God's. And this can show up in so many ways. Maybe there's persecution you are facing and you're saying, I want to get out of this uh, by backing down on the truth of the gospel. Well, that's not submitting your will to God's. Or maybe it's just anger in a moment where you are displeased about something and even you feel unfairly treated. Well, are you going to submit your will to God's in that moment or uh, just lash out in your own anger? So uh, we need to consider our own temptations in light of uh, these facts, Uh, just that reality of submission to the will of God. I am placing my will below the will of God and saying yes to his will and trusting that his will is better. Because, I mean, you see Jesus saying, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And that there you see Jesus, ultimately his will is aligned.
aligned with the Father. His desire is to do the Father's will more than it is momentary comfort or anything else like that. So I want to encourage you to submit your will to the Father in those hard moments and to be prayerfully dependent. I don't care how old you are spiritually. I don't care how mature you are spiritually. You need humble dependence on God. The moment we start depending on ourself, there's usually a spiritual disaster that follows. As it says in 1 Corinthians, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Uh, And then we see the scene of the betrayal um, as they come. And we know from other passages, it's Peter that um, takes his sword and strikes the servant of the high priest and cuts, cuts off his ear. And Jesus says, put your sword back into its place for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. I don't think that's a call uh, for all Christians everywhere to be pacifists, uh, but it does show, hey, violence is generally not the answer and certainly not in situations like this. And I think there's a rich history of Christians throughout history that they weren't going to violently respond to persecution. Um, And I think we could see some of that from this passage. And then you see Jesus before the high priest, and there's this gathering of scribes and elders. And there's an interesting um, part of this. You see, they have to stoop to false accusations. They're seeking false testimony. Um, But then in verse 63, the high priest says straightforward to Jesus, I adjure you by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the son of God. And Jesus said to him, you have said so. And some might say, hey, look, Jesus didn't say he was God because uh, he didn't even claim to be the Messiah. Because look, he, he just says, you have said so. That's kind of a, a nebulous, ambiguous answer. Well, look at what he says next. But I tell you, from now on, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. And then the high priest tears his robes and says, he has uttered blasphemy. So the high priest understood these words to be a statement of claiming to be the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus refers to some very clear messianic passages as he makes this statement. And basically, he's saying, you're not going to see me like this anymore. From now on, I'm going to be seated at the right hand of power and then uh, coming on the clouds of heaven. As we see it later in the New Testament, he's coming back on the clouds. Well, uh, Psalm 110 verse 1 says, The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. And Jesus has just quoted this passage to them back in the whole stump Jesus round in Matthew 22. And then he also refers here to Daniel seven thirteen, which says uh, that in the night visions, the prophet sees... Behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. So we see there the strong messianic claims of Jesus Christ, and there are more reasons we can worship Christ today. He is seated at the right hand of God. He is coming again on the clouds. He will reign forever. So this one who is about to suffer, this one who is enduring this injustice by human leaders, he will reign forever. And that's a reason to worship today. But until then, as we face temptations, we face hard things, I pray that we would 
follow the example of Christ, submitting our will to God's and prayerfully depending on Him in prayer. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.